0: Today on Locked On Anaheim Ducks, should NHL players be playing in the Olympics this season? We'll talk about that and more with Sarah Avampato on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey Sarah, how's it going? You know, it goes. Yeah, it, it goes all right. Um, <laughs> hi everyone. Welcome to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason JD Hernandez, covering hockey for a long time, and this show is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Hey, check me out tonight on the Spotify Green Room. It is Friday, so I'll be on the green room tonight. I haven't decided what time yet. Could be four, could be five, could be seven, but I'll definitely post out a time in the morning and let everyone know when I will be in the green room. So download it on the Apple Store. Joining me today is the Pierre Maguire to my Doc Emmerich. It is Sarah Avampado from Locked On LA Kings.
1: Would you like me to give you the
0: Chicago Steel roster from 2016? Because I probably could. Hey, I mean, we'll be impressed if you could name a few players from the Steel from four seasons ago. Jack Bedini. uh, I think Baker Shore was on that team. The guy whose name I forgot. (laughs) I know more than that. I'm tired. (laughs) It's funny that this is the second day in a row that I've had Jack Badini come up on this show. Because yesterday, John Broadbent from Defend the Nest, we talked about the San Diego goals. And we did talk about Jack Badini. So, yeah, nice to have him come up for a second day in a row. So this is a topic of conversation that Sarah and I talked about off air Mainly because we are curious to see how this is going to affect the National Hockey League as far as will there be an all-star game and you know all that stuff and it has to with scheduling. So this very question has come up. The schedule comes out next month. This highly depends on whether or not NHL players will be allowed to play in this or sorry this coming Winter Olympic set for 2022. Oh by the way. It is in Beijing, China. So there's always going to be a little bit of extra there because of all the ramifications of having a Winter Olympics in China. So just from that perspective, it's going to be difficult to get players to go out there anyway. And if players do go out there, I have a feeling it's not going to be every NHL player. In fact, I could see there being maybe some tertiary players, maybe some third liners Some fourth liners going to Beijing if they do field a team from USA, Canada, Slovakia, Slovenia, Sweden, other countries that could be playing in the Olympics. So I'll just ask you really quick. Do you think that NHL players should be playing in this coming Winter Olympic?
1: I'm going to... Presume I'm going to like look on the 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 positive side, and I'm going to say that, presuming that the pandemic is under control by the 2022 Olympics, that yes, they should be going. Um, I think that it is something that I know the league hates it because it's a disruption to their season, but. You know it's a, it's so important to a lot of these guys to be able to play for their countries and like you said if it turns into the star guys not going, then that opens up a lot of opportunities for other players who wouldn't usually get the chance, kind of like we saw in the previous Olympics, uh, who who wouldn't usually get the chance to represent their countries actually get get to do it. Um, so the, the question, it's it's sort of a yes, no, because yes, I think they should play. But if we are still in the midst of a somewhat out of control pandemic in parts of the world, like I may, maybe we should reconsider the whole thing.
0: So, this goes back to another question. If there is going to be NHL players in the Olympics, this brings up the other point. Should there be an all-star game this coming season? I know this has been a point of contention in years past, and sometimes they will have an all-star game the same year as an Olympic, and sometimes they will not. So, do you think they should have an all-star game in that case?
1: No. I I, I like giving... The opportunity for players to have a break. Um, I mean, maybe they could do some sort. Like, if if the NHL is like, ah, yes, let us recoup money. I'm sure they could come up with some sort of like not quite all star sort of spectacle. I don't know what you would call it. It, Like, wouldn't be insulting to people, but I think they could come up with something to do. uh, You know, even parallel with the Olympics, but. I I feel like usually there isn't an
0: all-star game and I think no one would complain about that if there wasn't one. And by the way, the all-star game would be set in Florida for 2022. If they get an all-star game, Uh, the last few all-star games we've had, we had one in St. Louis. We had one in Florida and Oh, we also had one. I think we are familiar with this one. We had one in LA recently, right? Oh yeah, hey. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there was there was some really weird girl out there. Um Big Jeff Carter fan. She actually went out there in a Columbus Blue Jackets Canon Jeff Carter jersey. Yeah, it's a cool jersey. I'll admit, like one of the coolest jerseys ever.
1: Yeah, that that sounds like a really weird person. I wouldn't want to know them. <laughs> I mean, she seems cool. I mean, anyone who, like, works that hard to get a Jeff Carter Columbus Blue Jackets jersey, they're a pretty special person.
0: Special, however you want to take the meaning. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So my response to this is I do think there should be some kind of event, but I really don't think there should be an all-star game if players have the opportunity to represent their country. Players are particularly proud if they can represent their country in the Olympics. You know, I'm going to say it. Look at how intense the competition was in 2010. You know it meant everything to those players in that 2010 gold medal game between USA and Canada. Yes, it still haunts a lot of players to this day. There's a former Duck who just retired. You know, he did have his moment, but all of Team Canada, they want to point out, hey, it was Sidney Crosby who got the golden goal against some goaltender named Ryan Miller. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Miller still to this day, whenever he talked about it, he said, man, that was one that I wish I would have gotten back. Like that team could have won gold against Canada. And even some of the Team USA players, they will still say that to this day that they should have won or they really could have won that game in Vancouver and taking a gold medal from there. On the other side, look at how proud all those guys were, especially Sidney Crosby. You think it didn't mean anything to them? Look at the celebration they had after they won gold. Look at how the city of Vancouver just went completely bonkers when they won gold in the 2010 Olympics. So of course it's going to mean the world to them. So no, they shouldn't have an all-star game let them play in the Olympics and not have any distractions in the league. And like you said, give the players a break. But most of all, let the star players represent their country.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's something that's been very important, and the players have been very vocal about it, um, especially in contract negotiations for the new collective bargaining agreement, and you know, some of the biggest names in the league, like Alex Ovechkin has basically been like, I'm going to the Olympics, I don't care what you say. Uh, You know, and There are a lot of people who really feel very strongly that they should get the chance to go. And, you know, it's kind of it's while it was fun at the last Olympics to watch these like ragtag bands of players who never would have gotten the chance to play for their countries. Um, you know, at least for kind of the, the you know, U S and Canada and uh, Sweden, even to a little bit of an extent, uh, you know, a lot of their teams are pretty stacked with, you know, SHL and Finnish league players and everything. But uh, for, for the North American teams, especially to get to see guys who are like still in college or who are, you know, very good AHL players who never quite made it to the big stage in the NHL was really cool to see. But, um, and, and you know, Germany almost winning the whole thing was awesome. But you also miss seeing the best of the best and the best, you know, all playing against each other and four lines of players that can actually all score instead of what we get, you know, in, in professional hockey, which is, well maybe some of you can score and the rest of you are just sort of there. So, you know, I, I think it's really important to a lot of these guys. And if the opportunity is there and we can – you can get them to go, like –
0: there's don't don't take it away from them. Just let them have let them have this. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to come back after the first intermission and we're going to talk about the women's side of this as far as the Olympics. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of TLOPN or Tlopin. And I'm joined by the host from Locked on Los Angeles Kings. It is Sarah Avampado. Howdy. (laughs) Howdy. So we talked about the men's Olympics and how that's going, but there's also the women's Olympic team. I know you have your story about one particular Olympian on the women's team. But there's plenty of other players on that team that you haven't met yet. And hey, Team USA, they're coming off an impressive gold medal run in 2018. Oh, look at that. They won gold against, oh, Canada. Team USA going for back-to-back gold medals. And who got that game-winning? Oh, Jocelyn Lamoureux. Yeah, one, one of the goats of the American team. Even though the NWHL will be going on, you know that these women are going to be representing their country in this coming Olympic. Just how impressive were they on the last Olympic?
1: I mean, that that game was epic um, to to the point where, you know, the friend that I was watching the game with, she couldn't even watch the game. Like, she just went into another room and was like just tell me when it's over <laughs> like she was so stressed out about it and you know for for the u.s it was very uh, vindicating after the previous olympics where you know they had a chance to wrap it up and they didn't and then the last like it was it was really great to finally see uh you know team usa come home with that gold medal and you know knowing how hard all, a lot of those i mean all of those women had worked for years and years and years to get to that point, and all of the issues that they had had previously with, you know, labor relations and contracts and all that stuff, to see them get to the Olympics uh, and win that gold medal finally was great. Um, and I, I'm very curious to see
0: how how it goes this coming year. Uh, who do you expect to come back? Or I we don't even have an idea on who's going to come back this coming Olympic because a lot of these ladies. They've been around for a long time, so we kind of have to think about who's going to be the next great women's hockey players to play for gold, right?
1: So from the U.S. at least, they have their selection camp that's happening. I think it's kind of happening now or just happened recently. Uh, Really familiar names of women who have won gold medals or won the gold medal before or have played in previous Olympics. Uh, And there are a lot of younger players uh, who are getting their chance finally to step onto the national team or to at least fight for a spot on the national team. So, you know, I think there is going to be a, a lot of new names and new faces for people to get to know. Uh, and there's also going to be you know the very familiar you know Amanda Kessels and Hillary Knights who are still uh, still playing and have not yet decided to hang up the skates. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of people retire recently. the Lamarou Twins both uh, have retired. Uh, Casey Bellamy, who is a great defender for the US, just retired. Um, you know we're seeing a lot of the the old guard of uh, Team USA. Uh, step away and there fortunately are a ton of very young up and coming players who are ready to to take on the big stage so uh, yeah there's no final obviously no final roster yet we still have a little while before that but they are at least uh working towards figuring out who will be centralizing for next next year uh in addition they have the women's world championships that's happening uh in august uh, which was postponed from uh when it had to be uh canceled earlier in the year because of covid uh issues uh it's been moved to august so that team that you see in august at the women's world championships will probably be a pretty good indication of where they're going to go for the olympics
0: Yeah, and I noticed that, you know, it's weird that Hillary Knight is now going to be the veteran of the group after some of these recent retirements. And you mentioned Maddie Rooney, who I thought was the biggest, to me, the biggest phenom star of that Olympic. She's only 24 years old now. She could play in a plethora more Olympics if she wanted to, because at that young age, only 24, I could see her playing two or even three more Olympics. That's going to be your backstop no matter what. No offense to Alex Rigsby, but Maddie Rooney is going to be that that spearhead in goal. And you mentioned Amanda Kessel, uh, Hillary Knight possibly getting back. And then you have all these young up and cunners, like a Kelly Panic, or a Callie Flanagan, or Megan Keller, or Kayla Barnes from East vale, California. That's right, the SoCal kid. Winning gold, you know, she was only 19 when they won gold, and you know, just seeing more, I guess, women players from down here, I think is really awesome. So, yeah, that's really cool. Oh, by the way, little kind of offshoot that I did mention in the green room, but I kind of didn't mention on here enough. So, I don't know if you're aware, but the under 18 select team recently came out, and I don't know if I told you, I probably did. There are two members from the youth team called the Arizona Kachinas or the Phoenix Kachinas, the girls hockey team that are in the under 18 select team. Which goes into my whole point about hockey players growing from the Southwest. I love to see it, but that's just another tangent for another day. And then you have up and counters like Soroya Tinker, you know, players of that ilk, man this team is going to be good for years to come.
1: Yeah. And I think what's going to be most interesting, um, not just for team USA, but really for all of them is that there have, you know, since, since the pandemic started, there has basically been no national team competitions for about two years. And so there has, it's going to be very interesting to see what these teams are like, what the rosters are like, um, you know, the, Women's hockey, as we know, like, still struggles to find competitive, you know, ways for women to play regularly and, you know, still be able to <laughs> maintain a living and and everything like that. It's still a very uphill battle to be able to put together uh, a, a long season of games. And uh, then WHL had their own issues when they tried to do their tournament uh, this season. Oh, we, uh, we so... will talk
0: about that on on the third segment. <laughs>
1: So there are a lot of players who I think, uh, you know, it it gives a really big chance for players, especially like women who are just out of college, maybe who have gotten a little bit more time uh, playing competitive games to really shine. But having not seen any national team level women's action uh, for the past couple of years is going to be like some of these teams will have had a lot of turnover of women deciding to retire. So the, the rosters could be having a lot of
0: new faces this, uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we get to that point in the Olympics, we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, sir, do you want to stick around for one more segment? Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, thank you. And you know what? I bet all these Olympians, they need, they need a little bit of a boost, right?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. They, they need that extra bit of energy. They need that extra jolt of protein. And you know where they could get that from? I bet that they can get it from BuiltBar.com. They absolutely could get it from BiltBar. And you know, all these Bilt Bars, they are fantastic. They taste like a candy bar, but they are healthy for you. They have only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and they have 17 grams of delicious protein. They taste good. They're made with 100% real chocolate They taste good. They're good for you. They have a lot of great flavors like raspberry, cherry barcia, salted caramel, and one of my favorites, double chocolate. Uh, Which flavor is among your favorites?
1: Uh, You know, I am really into lately the peanut butter flavors, which I know that uh, you do not get to experience, but I do. And I think that they are all pretty darn
0: delicious. Oh, all the all the bar flavors are amazing. So head Mm -hmm. over to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15. And what will that get you, Sarah?
1: That's going to get you 15% off your first order
0: at BuiltBar.com. Hey, how about that? Once again, that is Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after the second intermission, we're going to talk a little bit of NWHL. We'll talk about that on the other side. Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need, Locked on Anaheim Ducks. And we'll give Rock Auto the free shout out. That's what's up. And also, I'm joined by Sarah Avampato from Locked on Los Angeles Kings. How's it going, Sarah?
1: You know, it goes pretty darn well.
0: Yeah. Uh, Before we talk about the NWHL, how about those Canadians? Cup final. I mean,
1: Tyler Toffoli, man, Tyler Toffoli all the way.
0: And I'm going to give you the 30 seconds that I know you're going to say something. So I'm just going to give it to you now. Just go ahead. Let's get it over with. Go ahead.
1: So, so how much money, again, are the Ducks playing Corey Perry to play... For the Canadians in the Stanley Cup Final, which will incidentally be his second consecutive Stanley Cup Final, how much how much money are you guys giving him again?
0: Six point six million dollars this season.
1: And, and and that's because you 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 what you you bought him out. You decided he wasn't uh, a fit for the Ducks' plans anymore. Uh,
0: apparently, yes.
1: Yeah, and so how how has he been doing in in? It, it, this season and in the postseason with with Montreal and didn't he do pretty well last year with Dallas? Yes. I'm just checking.
0: Yes, he. Yeah. Yes, he did. He did well with Dallas, despite the fact that he became a meme after the Winter Classic. And for the yeah, first well. three months, that buyout looked good. And then everything changed after that. Um, Yay, yeah, I guess. Okay. I just wanted to give you that, get it over with, now that that's over with. Well, thank you. Yeah, Thank you. you, You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about the NWHL, because we kind of briefly touched on that. So, I know I told you this. I got the opportunity back in December, January, to do some analytics stuff for the NWHL when they first started in Lake Placid. Not the... Not the games that happened afterwards, but when they first happened in Lake Placid and you had all six teams go out there, you had the Boston Pride go out there, you had the Metropolitan Riveters, the Whale, the Buttes, oh, by the way, the Whitecaps, and some new team that has some pretty awesome jerseys, the Toronto Six. And by the way, quick aside, the NWHL has some amazing jerseys. If you haven't seen them, you got to check them out. All six teams, they look great.
1: Yeah, very, very, very eye-catching designs, I think, for all of them. And, yeah, go give them your dollars.
0: Oh, absolutely. And speaking of giving them your dollars, so the reason that I bring this up is because you pointed out that a lot of these women, they are struggling to get paid. I mean, there's that whole can of worms that will take up about 50 minutes of this podcast. But one thing that was encouraging through all this was the first time that they came around, they got a bunch of Twitch, I guess, subscriptions and people like Steve Dangle, he donated a bunch of, I guess, subscriptions and they ended up getting a lot of viewers for some of those games for at times they were getting thousands of viewers, even up to 10,000 viewers on Twitch. Twitch. On Twitch. Yeah. Yeah, the Twitch thing is
1: really awesome, and I I definitely feel like an old person when I talk about Twitch, because I only barely understand, like, the nuances of it, other than just you can watch things that are streaming that people are doing. But uh, I think that that really opened them up to a new audience that they weren't tapping into before. Um, I know that, you know, there were, you know, it was on the front page of Twitch. And so people would just click on it and turn it on, not, not knowing what they were watching or what they were getting into. And then, you know, hanging out and sticking around. So it's been really great for the league to be able to continue that partnership with Twitch and, and, really get in front of a, an audience that I think is pretty untapped uh, because who who's marketing to the like Gen Zers who are on Twitch? Like, you know, I, I don't see other sports leagues doing it. And so it, it's a really, really savvy idea, I think, in a, for a way to stream your games and get some new eyes on it.
0: Yeah, even for a while, they were getting tens of thousands of views, way more than any arena could hold. That's what it was. At one point during, I want to say a Toronto Six game where they got above twenty thousand viewers at, at one point, and I remember the chat pointing out these are more fans than it would be in a regular NHL arena, and something that I wanted to point out was we're starting to see more of these women's games pop up in All Star games. You had USA versus Canada, you had the US versus Canada, I guess friendly happening even at the Pond in 2020. But the NWHL, I think, is a great jumping point for a lot of these players. Um, You had Jillian Dempsey, who was fantastic with Boston, and Kaylee Fracken. And then you had up-and-comers, like I mentioned, Jillian Dempsey, Soroya Tinker, Shannon Doyle. And one of my favorite players that I thought was really fun to watch, Elaine Chuli from the Toronto Six. She had some fantastic goaltending in the NWHL this season, and so did LaVisa Salander for the Boston Pride, who ended up winning the whole freaking thing after all was said and done. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there are a lot of talents there. And, you know, I think that if you're even vaguely familiar with women's hockey, you're going to know the Hillary Knights, the Amanda Kessels, the Marie-Philippe Plans. Like, you know, the big names. But one of the interesting things about and this also could be a whole other podcast of the, the fracture between the NWHL and now this new PWHPA, where a lot of the national team women have have been playing in their own kind of independent league uh which is great uh and a great platform for them and they get to do a lot of stuff that the nwhl doesn't get to do uh but you're getting to see a lot of talent in the end up in the nwhl that you wouldn't be seeing otherwise uh because there are roster spots open and so we're getting to see a lot of women you know Earned their way onto the national team when they probably wouldn't have if they hadn't gotten a, a big role in, in the NWHL in the past couple of years. So uh, one other player who I think is really strong and really, I think she just re-signed with the Toronto six is uh, Michaela Grant-Mentis, who is just like, she was phenomenal in just like the handful of games that she played uh, with Toronto. She had, Uh, She had six games, nine points in in the uh, regular season-ish for Toronto. She also played a couple games the year before uh, in Buffalo, but uh, is a player who just really stepped in and surprised a lot of people because uh, she was kind of under the radar. So, you know, while it's sad that you don't necessarily get to see the big stars for every game, uh, it is really great to see other people getting opportunities to play and to get paid at least some money to to play uh and who who wouldn't have necessarily who probably would have had to hang up the skates you know had had there not been more open spots on the teams because of this other new independent-ish league
0: yeah and this is definitely a conversation that i'd like to have more of uh you talked about the fracture between the pwp yeah there's a whole other podcast that we can probably do next month or the month after that that frankly i think we should And I'm sure we can get some Mm -hmm. other fellow hosts to get in on that discussion at some point. Cause I think it'd be a good one to have. Mm -hmm. Um, we are going to wrap up for today, but thank you for coming on once again, Sarah. It is always a pleasure to have you on. Of course. Always glad to be here. And this isn't the last time you're going to be on. In fact, you're going to be on on Monday again. That's right. I have more things to be wrong about. (laughs) Um, Remind the folks, your last five playoff predictions. Um, how many have you gotten right?
1: Um, we'll just leave that up to the imagination. Just you know, I got them right spiritually. Yeah, but I just didn't get them right factually. Oh,
0: oh, by the way, I have some bagels in the. Oven, I'll get those later. Um, anyway, where can the find? This is bullying. I'm sorry. Where can the folks find you on the socials? Where can they find your podcast? Where can they find your writings? After you look at me with daggers, <laughs> folks, I think she's going to kill me. I might not be back on Monday for bullying her. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: First off, it took me way too long to get the bagel crack, so congratulations there. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. That's W-R-I-T-E Said Sarah with an H. You can find Locked on Kings on Twitter at Locked on LA Kings in case, I don't know, you want to talk about the Kings. I don't know, whatever. Uh, and uh, I have a sadly neglected Kings newsletter at Lined of the Throne dot substack.com I think as we get closer or as the draft happens uh, I will probably put together my favorite annual post of the draft which is do these new players have dogs uh, so that's <laughs> the kind of highbrow writing you can expect from me um, and uh, of course the Kings podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts and I'm also on Locked on NHL on Mondays and Wednesdays bringing you uh, general league content so I think that's it
0: Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find my podcast, which is the one you're listening to, Locked on Anaheim Ducks, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or the new Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. And also, also, don't forget to check me out on Twitter at StimpyJD or follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks. And if you follow both of those on Twitter, you can find some hilarious memes. Like the fact that, oh, I don't know, iCarly saw Corey Perry play in the 2007 Cup Final and again in the 2021 Cup Final. Oh, Corey Perry. 14 years between possible Stanley Cup victories. My God. oh So thanks again, Sarah. And you know how we close out the weeks. So we're going to close out the week right now. Thank you all for listening. It is all greatly appreciated. Um, Spotify Green Room later tonight on behalf of Sarah Avampado. oh did you want to say something Sarah before we head off
1: oh no no I'm good I'm good Corey Perry
0: ah thank you for Locked on Anaheim Ducks I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend please be safe out there get vaccinated if you have not already be kind to one another and ducks fly together it's the end of the week Sarah quack 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 Quack, 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 no, quack, so. quack, 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 Have a good weekend, everyone.